wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. We're back, folks, right here on WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Uh, Graham, Juice, and Matthews are, as always, being joined by the illustrious Mr. Marceau. RG, welcome back, as always, to the show. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful today. <laughs> is that a Matt Hardy voice uh, gift that I'm hearing there? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so, speaking of Matt Hardy, we got AEW All Out coming up on Saturday. Aren't you convinced that Matt Hardy's leaving AEW in that Broken Rules match? I mean, clearly it's an unpredictable match when he's facing Sammy Guevara. If he loses, he's gone. I mean, I think he's going to, hey, I guess he's going back to the Hardy compound. I think he's going to lose. Hardy resigned with WWE. That must be what it is. <laughs> oh, no, I just, uh, I can go on a rant about that later, but <laughs> I just never understood the whole. If I lose, I'm going to leave when you clearly know they're not going to lose. Not only that, but he just got here three months ago, too. He got here like six months ago. Like, <laughs> dude, stop. And I'm a big Matt Hardy fan, but we got a lot to talk about when it comes to AEW. AEW All Out coming up this Saturday um, on Fight TV, BR Live, which you're going to get hooked up for free, Mr. Marceau. You get a free uh, BR Live subscription, thanks to me, so you get to watch it free again. Can't wait. <laughs> So uh, looking forward to that. But we got a lot to talk about between that, uh, predictions, preview, and picks for All Out on Saturday. We're going to be talking about Payback on Sunday. Um, Monday, we had Raw NXT, the big Iron Man match for the NXT Championship, ending in a draw. I have a lot of things to say about that. Um, wasn't the greatest week to review, unfortunately. A lot of ranting going on. We're living true to the name of the show, of course. Um, in addition to Payback, which I thought was a solid show. I don't think it was a terrible show by any means. But we do have a new Universal Champion and a new Paul Heyman guy and Roman Reigns. We recorded the show last week, as always, on Thursday. Um, that was the day before the big Roman Reigns news broke. So we didn't have, really <clears throat> didn't have a chance to talk about that. We did talk about Roman going heel, and I did eat my hat for breakfast this morning, Mr. Marceau. So I'll have you know that it tastes pretty damn good. Um, but I will <laughs> I'll talk more about that as we go along here and how wrong I was on Roman being heel because it looks like it's actually official at this point. So the world is indeed um, ending, it seems. You know, hell is frozen over. We're having a heel Roman Reigns, and he's the new Universal Champion. So we'll talk all about that momentarily. Uh, you can find Mr. Marceau on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau, myself at WrestleRant. Find the show on WrestleRantRadio.com, WrestleRant.com. New episodes every single Thursday on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Rate the show, subscribe to the show, and find every new episode every single Thursday as they're uploaded. So, uh, like I said, a ton to talk about here today. We might as well start from the beginning and work our way forward. Uh, Let's talk about the biggest news story of the week, starting with last week, the Roman Reigns heel turn, which, again, we already discussed a little bit last week, Mr. Marceau, but not quite to the extent of him becoming a Paul Heyman guy, because that hadn't happened yet when we discussed when we talked last week. But it's official. Roman Reigns is the new Paul Heyman guy, Um, is the latest Paul Heyman guy. Brock Lesnar, apparently gone from WWE. We'll discuss that in a moment as well, because I can see that kind of tying into this whole Roman Reigns saga here. 
Um, but how great, Mr. Marceau, was that ending the SmackDown last Friday with Roman Reigns being revealed as the newest Paul Heyman guy? I loved it. I thought the whole setup was great. I love how um, he basically uttered the Paul Heyman lines from there. I'm like, uh-oh. Like, once, I heard, once he said it's not a spoiler, it's a prediction, I knew I was coming. And then Heyman hitting him with a believe that, I was just like, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> I was definitely pumped for that. I, I didn't love the execution on Sunday at Payback. I just didn't love that aspect of it, but I'm glad he's going heel. I think this is a breath of fresh air for him. I, and I mean, people are already complaining he already won the championship. It's like, you just can't win at this point. They want him to turn heel, and then he turns heel, and then they bitch that he won the title. So um, I'm glad he's a Paul Heyman guy. It's definitely something new and just something fresh. I would say. Yeah, no, it's not the issue that he's a heel or that he's a Paul Heyman guy or even the fact that he's champion because literally right after we saw the ending to SmackDown and we said last week here on the show when we did payback predictions, Roman winning the belt back so quickly would be fucking dumb. It would be stupid. Bray just got the belt, um, put him in chase mode and do it at hell in the cell or some shit. But literally the second you turn the guy heel, you got to give him the championship. And that's exactly what they did. So for the first time in a long time, I have no issue with Roman Reigns being the top champion in WWE on the SmackDown side, that is. Um, But I thought the execution was great of the Paul Heyman guy reveal on SmackDown. The execution in the main event of Payback, eh, not so much, which we'll get into momentarily when we discuss the Payback pay-per-view from last Sunday. But this is uh, very exciting that I'm sure we've talked about before here on the show many, many times over the last couple of years. Uh, Roman going Q, will it ever happen? Will he align himself with Paul Heyman, which has been teased several times in the last five, five and a half years. And uh, I love it a lot. I think it's a great use of Paul Heyman now that Brock Lesnar isn't around at the moment, which I think is uh, probably for the better, which again, I'll get into in a moment. But with Roman Reigns, what is the traject- uh, trajectory rather of this Mr. Marceau? Where do you see this going? How long do you see him reigning as the Universal Champion? Um, I'm not quite sure. I, I just, I'm more excited that he turned heel and interesting to see what they do from there. I'm not sure if they'll tie Lesnar back into it or maybe push a babyface coming up maybe from NXT or just an underneath, underneath babyface um, that, that knock off Roman. I'm not quite sure, but... Um, I'm excited to see what they do. I think it, it, it can't really. I don't think they can really fuck this up. They usually don't fuck up stuff with Roman, so um, interesting to see what they do. But I would say it'd be nice to have him like a good, uh, strong reign as a heel champion on SmackDown, and have like an uppercomer or someone that's just gaining momentum be the one to beat him and get that rub. Now, I thought the execution of the Payback main event, while flawed, did give me Stone Cold Steve Austin rock vibes from WrestleMania 17, and that was one of the biggest moments in WWE history. That was dumb, just because he shouldn't have gone heel. Stone Cold Steve Austin, that is. It was a dumb decision to align him with Mr. McMahon. Um, It was a big moment, for sure, and it was a great ending to the show. It was a great main event. Um, but the actual aftermath, as entertaining as Austin was as a heel, it wasn't the right time to turn him. People were very much behind him. People have been, you know, against Roman Reigns for so long now. I mean, the guy fucking beat cancer and still got booed. Not right when he came back, but like within a matter of months, people forgot all about that and went back to booing him. And I've never been the biggest Roman Reigns detractor at all. I've never been the biggest Roman Reigns fan. I am a Roman Reigns fan. I do enjoy Roman Reigns. Um, I've never, again, been his biggest fan, but I'm not one of those guys saying, I don't get it. He doesn't, you know, he, he sucks. At all. I mean, the guy's great. The guy is actually very, very good. And when he's in there with usually the right opponent, with the right feud, and with, you know, the guy can talk too. Um, But I don't think Paul Heyman has to speak for him constantly. I could see this being a CM Punk-esque pairing 
where he can kind of cut some of the promos, but kind of be there to do the business side of things for Roman Reigns, getting him the big money matches, kind of just being a part of the act, a lot like he was with CM Punk. So me personally, I can certainly see him holding the championship up until at least WrestleMania 37. Um, do you have any ideal opponents in mind for a heel Roman Reigns, RJ? And if so, not only at WrestleMania, what would your big WrestleMania match be? And anyone can get hot between now and then. Someone could come back. Um, but not only that, who would you like to see a heel Roman Reigns feud with in the months to come? Um, I'm not sure if WrestleMania, like I said, I'd probably probably either Big E or Keith Lee, just off the top of my head, just two underneath guys or rising stars are definitely use a big rep being Roman. Um, for him, the phase coming up, I mean, AJ would be cool once he turns babyface eventually, Daniel Bryan. Um, I'm trying to think about some SmackDown. I mean, I'm assuming he'll do something with the Fiend. They they say they're gonna turn him face, so see what happens there. But uh, no, I think the the possibility is endless. I just I think the right thing to do is once he does lose the title, have it to someone that could that could use the win over him and propel them to like Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns area. Uh, two guys I would mention are Big E. I would throw him in there as well as uh, Matt Riddle. I think those two guys could work wonders with the Roman Reigns and a heel babyface program. Or the heel Roman, them being the babyfaces, of course. Uh, you mentioned The Fiend. Are you sold on the idea of him becoming the top babyface on SmackDown? Because it seems as of as it stands right now, Braun's kind of a dick. He's a heel um, for all intents and purposes. We have Roman Reigns as the new top heel. We already have AJ Styles, King Corbin, um, on the heel side, Sheamus is another one. On the babyface side, is the Fiend the new top babyface? I mean, we have again, our, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt. Who that? That's my question for you. But behind him, we have Daniel Bryan, who isn't back yet. We have Matt Riddle, who isn't quite ready yet. Biggie, not quite ready yet. Jeff Hardy is very popular. I wouldn't make him the top babyface for a long period of time. Is Bray Wyatt that guy for you? It's tough. Uh... Um, it's it's tough because it's like I don't know. It's just his character is just very heelish. I feel like so it's tough to like just turn him face. It's kind of like Kane. Like I mean, they did turn Kane face and heel plenty of times. Um, so I, I guess that's kind of like they molded out to how they kind of turned Kane face and just like I don't know. It just I, that's how I that's how I do it. If you're gonna turn him face, kind of be more of like a Kane kind of way. Like he wasn't really like a nice guy per se, but like. Uh, he just beat up bad people, so I guess that's kind of the uh, direction I'd go with with Bray. I just besides that, SmackDown could use it. Like you said, Braun. I wouldn't really say he's a face; he's just a dickhead. Um, Matt Riddle's great, but still not there yet. And you really don't have any other breakout baby faces. So until AJ gets back, and if they turn him, I like Dana Bryan, but he's not gone, he's not back yet. So I guess Bray, Bray's the only choice at this point. So we got heel Roman Reigns. We got Sami Zayn back in the Intercontinental Championship picture. A lot of things seem to be going on right now in the uh, on the SmackDown side of things. And SmackDown's fall, I would say, and the ratings have been decent for the most part, probably not nearly as high as they were hoping, but I think a lot of that has to do with the current circumstances, the pandemic and whatever. And also the fact the show creatively just has not been good. It's September 3rd as we speak right now. They moved to Fox almost exactly a year ago in early October. It's been 11 months. And I know you, RJ, have not watched SmackDown for the most part at all in the last year. Um, so I want to get your perspective. Do you think the heel, <clears throat> excuse me, the heel Roman Reigns thing, you know, all these people coming back, Daniel Bryan's probably on his way back soon, Sami Zayn being back, um, the debut of Matt Riddle a few months ago, if they call up someone else as well in the near future. Do you think all these things could make SmackDown 
not the show that it was four years ago, because I don't know if it'll ever reach those heights again, um, right after the brand split was brought back in 2016. But could all of these things be what makes you, could they be what help you tune back into the show on a regular basis and get you more invested in the blue brand? Yeah, definitely, if they do everything correctly and kind of turn it, like you said, it's, it probably went back to what SmackDown was right after the brand split, but uh, if they turn it turn it into something more meaningful and make, give me a reason to care, I just, even with Roman turning heel, I think that will just gain viewership alone because people want to see what they're going to do with Roman, so I think that's a good start, um, just capitalizing off that new momentum for viewership. Um, just got to capitalize correctly, you only have a certain amount of opportunities to strike when the iron's hot, like you like to say a lot, like... This is your opportunity. You're getting more fans, getting more viewers. So this is the time that you just make sure you don't fuck anything up. So we'll see what happens. They they're pretty good at fucking things up. So I wouldn't. <laughs> um, it is nice to see uh, something new on SmackDown, something refreshing that people want to see. So definitely a good step. They just they just gotta capitalize correctly when you have the momentum. I agree. It's all about the aftermath. Um, as cool as that ending was on SmackDown, they, they followed it up appropriately for the most part of Payback, which we'll get to in a second. Um, <clears throat> but as far as, you know, the Roman Reigns, you know, heel turn goes, he can come out on SmackDown this week and it's just it's just not good. The follow-up sucks. We have no explanation. Uh, we got to get that big Roman Reigns promo on Friday, right? I mean, he's, he's got to come out, maybe not shit on the audience, but at least explain his actions as to why he's a heel. He has to fully cement himself as a bad guy, not have Heyman do all the talking, which he should do part of it, but have Roman go out there, cut the promo that we've always wanted to see from the guy as he shits on the audience um, and is like, listen, because he, he put out this great tweet a couple of days ago. I don't have it in front of me, but he put out this great tweet about when someone complained coming off a of payback that, oh, Roman getting shoved down our throats again, blah, blah, blah. And then, <laughs> and then Roman quote tweeted him and said, the only reason to being shoved down your throat is because you're keeping your mouth open. Then he went on this whole tangent about whatever. And I'm like, man, heel Roman is going to be so good if he's allowed to be as much of a dick as he was in that one tweet. Not that Roman's a bad person at all, but you know he has all this pent-up frustration from being booed for all these years now for something that's not his fault. So to be able to capitalize off that, I think it'd be a lot of fun. We, we got to get that promo on Friday, right, though? You gotta. No, I love that. I mean, I understand. Imagine if you were put in a, a prominent position and then just people shit all over you and just obviously not what you wanted. I mean, you're going to be pissed off, and especially if you get the opportunity to give it back to the fans. I mean, I hope, not that, like I said, I hope he doesn't like just like freak out, but I hope he justifies why he went heel, basically because the fans turned on him. And just, like I said, I, I, I don't see any negativity, no negative things coming out of this this can only really be a positive unless they just butcher it which it's possible but even if they butcher i still think him turning heel is what what would need it to happen so i, I don't see any negatives in turning roman heel finally i don't i think it's a, a huge breath of fresh air for the character for the show for the championship scene which has kind of been on ice for many many months now uh for a long time really that universal championship has has been pretty cursed over over the last four years since it was first brought in between Finn Balor getting her, Brock holding it for like fucking two years, um, Seth's reign's not being great, the Braun reign wasn't great, the, the Bray and Seth shit last year was terrible. So hopefully this is finally what makes that championship uh, not must-see, but, you know, as 
important as it should be, and I have faith that they will. But again, it's all about the aftermath. They could fuck it up on Friday, and we joked last week, and you know, I've never been happier to have been wrong about Roman going heel because we spent an entire show last week with me joking, oh, you know, he's going to come out on Friday and you know, crap all over the Make-A-Wish kids and stuff like that. Thank God that they actually are not doing that, of course, but actually coming out and, and fully cementing the heel turn. Um, and, and you can't blame me. You can't blame other people who didn't take that initial heel turn seriously at SummerSlam because, first of all, The Fiend and Strowman are heels, and Roman's he's done this shit before where he comes out, acts more aggressive, and then it's right back to doing the whole Jack and the Beanstalk <laughs> suffering succotash yet. So not that he's done that in a long time, but you get my drift. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. I'm excited, and hopefully it pans out over on the SmackDown side of things. But we were talking about payback briefly. Uh, before we get into the nitty and gritty of the show, Mr. Marceau, uh, what were your overall impressions of the pay-per-view on Sunday? I thought it was a decent show. I'd probably say it's like it was like raw and steroids, I would say. Um, that was a good show. A lot of the matches, I wouldn't say technically needed to happen, but um, for the matches that were kind of where the meat and potatoes were of the show, I would say that either they delivered or gained, they kept my interest. So I can't really say too many bad things, but... I think there's just a lot of random filler that just wasn't necessary. Like, we didn't didn't need another pay-per-view a week after uh, one of your biggest shows. So, it was decent. It was a nice little night of wrestling, but I wouldn't say it was anything uh, newsworthy. It was definitely a show that could have transpired on several episodes of Raw and SmackDown. I totally agree. It was rematch of Mania. We've had Big E and Sheamus before. We've had... Um, the WWE Championship match, not the WWE title match. They just did Keith Lee and Randy Orton on Raw. They had just done Ray and Dominic and Seth and Murphy on Raw. Um, even the Iconics and the Riot Squad on the kickoff show, they had just done that as well. So it felt like it was a lot of the same thing. But overall, it was a decent show. I don't want to shit on it, um, especially the fact that it was two and a half hours long. I mean, we've talked about this before. Any any pay-per-view that's two hours and 30 minutes gets an instant thumbs up in my book. That That's a great show automatically. I don't say great show, but I like it. I'm a, I'm an early better, so anything after ten o'clock, it might lose me. So I definitely do like the two and a half hour pay per views, but like they should start doing that more for the bigger shows. Like you don't need to get everything on the card. Just chuck like I don't know. It's just one of those things I always go back to back in the day. Like WrestleMania never had fucking fifteen, sixteen matches. You made the card. You got like you made it. You made it. You didn't. You didn't. Oh well. Now everyone needs a trophy. So now they have everyone on the show, but. Just, like, condense that, all that. Just do all those things that don't really matter. Throw it on the pre-show. Anything that matters or should matter, keep it on the regular show and keep it nice and short. Nice, sweet, and short. Yeah, short and sweet. Um, I enjoyed the fact that it was two and a half hours. Got done at 9.30 Eastern time. Great stuff. We did have three title changes, though. It was quite the newsworthy night. We already talked about Roman Reigns becoming now a two-time Universal Champion, five-time World Champion in WWE overall. Um, the main event sucked in terms of like what they did with it. I mean, that just made no sense. Listen, I'm all for heel Roman Reigns. I'm all for the finish of him winning. I had no problem with that. It was more so the fact of how they kind of treated it like a money-in-the-bank cash-in. So you're essentially telling me that if I get a contract for a big main event, I don't have to show up until halfway through, and then I can just win the whole thing in the end? Dude, that made absolutely no sense. Yeah, that was, like you said, they basically made the moment like, it was a money in the bank cash and he just come out whenever he wanted. He just comes out, signs a contract and shows up once. That just didn't make any sense. And you, you would think obviously after they got the shit kicked out of him on, on Sunday at SummerSlam that they'd probably, you know, wait for Roman to kick his ass. Nope. They just start fighting for no reason. Bray just, Braun just comes out, beats the shit out of Bray. They didn't even get an entrance. He just beat the shit out of Bray during his entrance. Just didn't even wait for Roman to come out. Then they just like beat the living shit out of each other. 
broke the ring for a, a thousandth time. Mm-hmm. I, I just, come on, we've seen it. Once you see it two or three times, it just, who cares at this point? We get it. You gimmicked the ring and it broke. Don't care. Yeah. Uh, what, like, that's one of the, like, even, even the, after the first, like, the second time, maybe. Anything after the second time, who cares at that point? So, that was stupid. Then they continued to have a match after it. It kind of was kind of sloppy and weird. I don't know. It just, I, I would not have done it like that. Yeah, Braun Bray just looked like morons for fighting when the when Roman wasn't even out there. The referee's like, oh, all right, listen, when the bell rings and you're not fucking out there, then you, you're not a part of the match. You don't sign a contract halfway through. And I know the fact that it didn't make any sense was why they did it was so they could put heel heat on Roman Reigns. But, dude, there's better ways of doing that than what they did. At the very least, pull a Roman Reigns Royal Rumble. What was it, 2016 when he got, like, he was out there, one of the first people, then he got hurt, and he was gone for, like, an hour. That would have been dumb, but it would have been better than this. At least that would have made sense. Like, you can have him get attacked or leave or go under the ring or some shit. Having him come out halfway through, I just thought was silly. Um, but the result was what it needed to be. We also had two other new champions crowned first in Bobby Lashley beating Apollo Crews to become the new uh, United States champion. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a great way to kick off the show, and Bobby Lashley winning that championship was absolutely the outcome this match needed. And I like Apollo Crews a lot, but uh, the time had come to take the championship off of him. Bobby, I mean, the guy couldn't fucking win the WWE title. It would have made him a complete loser if he couldn't win here. So I thought it was the outcome that it needed. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mr. Marceau? Was the, r- the right outcome with Bobby Lashley becoming the new United States champion? Yeah, I thought. I mean, the Hurt Business have been a big part of Raw, so they kind of need some prestige or some reason to care about them. Um, so it was nice to see Lashley finally get get something to put around his way. So it was definitely a good match. Obviously, they're going to continue it. Not sure if I love that, but um, I thought it was a good match to start off for the show. Yeah, it was a good match. I'm not sold on the feud continuing. We've just seen a lot of crews of the Hurt Business dating back to June. It's September now. we we got to move on. Raw has so many other people beyond who's involved in this feud. I mean, we have Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander all doing nothing. And I know Cedric just picked up a win on Raw against the Hurt Business, and maybe he's being set up for a championship shot. But I'm just, I don't know. I just find it completely pointless to continue this feed when you have so much other talent on the raw side that you could be doing stuff with. Uh, <laughs> but I got I to gotta get your two cents on this, and I already know what you're going to say. But we also had new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions <laughs> crowned in Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, beating Sasha Banks and Bayley. Now, some quick positives. I don't want to shit completely on this. The match was fine. One of the weaker matches of the night, in my opinion. The finish looked awesome. Shayna came across great. Um, I love Shayna a lot, and I'm glad she has a championship. The cons here, the negatives, are that, one, the championships, I don't want to say they mean nothing, just because Sasha and Bailey have done a lot to elevate them in recent months, but I thought they were the wrong team to take the championships off of them. The Nia-Shayna shit makes zero sense. Um, Shayna looks like a loser for, like, oh, I'll help you win the belts if you leave me alone. Like, that's just stupid. We talked about that last week, but I thought that was incredibly dumb. They already set up Shayna and Asuka as a ready-made Raw Women's Championship program. They can forget all about that shit. And now we have to endure more of Nia Jax on Raw, and maybe potentially SmackDown, and maybe even NXT as well, as a women's tag team champion. So, uh, what were your takeaways from this title change, uh, RJ? Yeah, I just don't think it's the right team to take it off them. I've enjoyed Shayna a lot since her NXT days. Um, I thought, like you said, I thought her and Oscar was kind of ready and made. Um, once Oscar got the belt back, guess not. We're going to do tag team championship stuff. I just love Shayna. Do not care for Nia at all. And like you said, they're both heels, but Nia's jumping around. Like, is it supposed to be like Team Hell No? Or 
I just don't care regardless. So I love Shayna though. Um, so it's kind of glad that she's finally getting some spotlight in Raw. She had a tough start on Raw, not winning anything. So I guess, I guess that could be a positive. But uh, besides that, I, I hope they drop the belt soon to the Riot Squad. Hopefully, just not Shayna beats the shit out of Nia, and maybe she'll retire. Hopefully, and then we can do it all on Shayna. So uh, that's that's how I would do it: lose the belts quickly to the Riot Squad. Shayna ends Nia's career. Um, she retires, and then Shayna goes on and wins the Raw Women Championship. That's kind of how I see it. And so, when that doesn't happen, I'll be supremely disappointed. So, thanks for that. I'm sorry. So, with the Nia Jack Shayna thing, I just. I don't know. I, I, I like Shayna a lot, but I don't need to be seeing more of Nia on any show, including Raw. I just, I don't know. I'm all for long-term storytelling, and I could see someone saying, oh, you know, the Iconics, it was too soon for them to win. They just got back on the same page. And you know what? I agree. Then you keep the belts on Sasha and Bailey, and you had them lose it to the Iconics. I mean, honestly. And even Bailey, when I, when I talked to her a couple of months ago before a SmackDown women's title match for SmackDown, she even said she wanted to work with Liv Morgan. That would have given her the perfect opportunity to do so. Um, I'm not the biggest Riot Squad fan in the world, but they've been doing well since they got back together. I just, I don't know. I mean, they could always take the belts off of Sasha, I'm sorry, off of Nia and Shayna. I don't see that happening next month. They already set up the Iconics to get the next rematch, to get the next title shot, probably at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view later this month. I don't see them losing it within a month. I mean, they've done this before. I mean, Rollins and um, Strowman were Raw Tag Team Champions for like, three weeks last year. Um, Rude and Ziggler were Raw Tag Team Champions for like a month last year as well. So it's definitely plausible, but I just, I don't see that happening. So anyway, I thought it was a good show overall. Not the greatest show. I completely agree. It was an unnecessary show. Um, I am all pay-per-viewed out between SummerSlam, this takeover, and All Out this coming Saturday, which we'll get to at the end of the show with our predictions. But I thought it was decent though. I mean, I actually probably should bring this up as well. Keith Lee beating Randy Orton. How could I forget? Um, the match itself was absolutely nothing special. It went six minutes. But the fact that Keith Lee beat Randy Orton clean was huge. And it's a step in the right direction. The theme song still sucks. But I got to give credit where it's due. They did the right thing here. Um, they followed up nicely on Raw by giving him the win over Dolph, making him look good in defeat in the triple threat match on Raw this week. I thought they did well with Keith Lee. I thought this was a great way to cement him as, not to cement him as a star, but continue to... Make him out to be a, a big deal on that Monday Night Raw roster. Uh, so very happy to see him win here. And I thought, again, the match was kind of disappointing. It was only six minutes. And if you're going to do something like that, then do the Cody Brody Lee formula, in my opinion, where you just have Keith completely kill Randy Orton. Maybe that would have hurt Randy Orton's credibility. But if, if you're going to do a full-length match, then do a full-length match, in my opinion. But regardless, Keith Lee wins. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? No, I thought it was a good little match. Like I said, I think it could have gone a little bit longer. It just, it, it definitely did something to prove that, he, I mean, he could beat Orin. I just would have done that on Raw, though. I would have had that on Raw. More people are watching, most likely casual fans are more likely to watch Raw than they are a random payback show. So if he did that on Raw and kind of upset Randy Orin on Raw, I think that would have been a lot more for Keith. Um, obviously, winning the next night also did good as well, and he didn't get pinned in that triple threat as well, but... Um, no, I thought it was a good little match, but uh, I think they could have executed better if they just had him win on Raw instead of uh, being him on Payback. You're talking about the debut on Raw a week earlier. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, the debut itself, 
you only have one, you know, that one chance to make a good first impression. And they, they didn't ruin him in the moment. We never said that last week. It was just the fact that the debut kind of got off on the wrong foot. At least they followed up the right way with a big win over Orton at payback, which is good. So hopefully it's onward and upward from here because there were reports indicating that, you know, Vince is very high on Keith Lee, as he should because the guy's great. So hopefully they can follow up on this the right way moving forward. Um, but the match itself was fine. It wasn't the best match on the show. That obviously, would, without a doubt, would have had to have been the tag team match. Ray and Dominic versus Seth Rollins and Murphy. I really, really enjoyed this match. It might have been my favorite match of the week, to be honest with you. Even over the Iron Man match from Wednesday. Um, it, and that says a lot, because that was very good as well. But um, yeah, no, I thought this was great. I, I think Dominic already, two or three matches in, looks like a freaking natural. Um, the, the guy's had a hell of a past week and a half between his Raw matches, his um, pay-per-view matches... Winning the match for his team, Ray's unfortunately out hurt with a torn biceps, I believe, which is the same injury that is sidelined Edge. But I think it's it might not be a full tear, so he may not be out for more than two months reportedly. So hopefully not. But as far as the match is concerned, before we get to the Ray stuff, um, how happy were you? Were you RJ with the performance of Dominic on this show and the fact they picked up the victory? No, I think Dominic's impressed definitely um, with the gear and stuff. I, I think. Uh... He's looked well. He doesn't look out of place, I think, at this point. I, I think he looks like, like you said, like a natural. I think he looks like he belongs in the ring. I thought it was a great match. Uh, Ray and him winning was the right decision. Um, I just, I, I'm in on Dominic. I, I mean, I'm a big Ray Mysterio mark, so, I mean, it's he, the guy could be sweeping the back floors and I'd be I'd be marking out. So, definitely high on Dominic before the fact. Loved the family reunion on, uh, I think it was Raw. Loved that. Yep. Loved Philly out there. Uh <laughs> He's not doing uh, some extracurricular activities, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I love it. I just, I'm just a big Mysterio Mark, so anything that he's been doing, I've been digging into. Yeah, no, definitely. I've been enjoying the feud. Is this the end of the line for the Ray Dominic feud? We got the rematch on Raw this past week. Rollins won again. Uh, they won the tag team match on Sunday. Ray might be out for a little while. This has got to be it, right? They, they got probably got to move on from here. Yeah, I would say so. Rollins clearly won the feud and kind of move on from there. Not sure exactly what you do with him. Um, that's kind of what I'm a little fearful for. I just don't know what they're going to do with him. Maybe they're going to push him and Ray as a tag team. Now that Ray's hurt, not sure what you do with him. But maybe, hey, maybe you have him be the one that beats Lashley down the, at, at the end and win that U.S. US title. I think that'd be pretty neat. Build, build Dominic up a little bit uh, and have him take the belt off Lashley would be pretty interesting. So besides that, just like I said, big fan of his work so far. I just hope they can capitalize on it. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I know Ray has said in the past he wants to have a tag team match. I think at WrestleMania with Dominic. Um, so, do you think they could wait that long to have a tag team title match? Or do you, I assume WWE does it sooner than that just because they probably realized, holy shit, this kid's better than we thought he was. Um, they'll probably give him a title shot or put the belts on it before then, I would have to imagine. That's six months from now. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on how long Ray's out for. But, yeah, I mean, I've been impressed so far, so... I think this guy could be the limit for him. I think he impressed a lot of people, and uh, I'm just interested to see where they go with him from here. So on the Raw front, I mean, with Ray, he might be out for two months. Um, do you think Dominic will do well on his own? You said he might put the uh, – you could always see him in the United States Championship picture. Maybe managing Dominic. He was out there on Raw this week, um, yes. you know, watching from afar. So it's probably the right role for him right now, right? Yeah, I would say keep Ray on TV with him in some kind of capacity. Obviously, if he's hurt, he can't get take bumps and stuff like that. But just I think it brings more credibility to him, especially casual fans. They obviously have no idea who this kid is. 
Um, just keep saying, I mean, using Ray as like a as a boost for him could be great. Um, like I said, I just kind of fear um, that they might just leave the kid out there and just not use him, which I think would be a big mistake. I think he's coming off um, some great performances and it's definitely getting people talking. So I definitely would not flounder him right now and keep him keep him featured on Raw. I think they will. I think they might give him another win over like a Buddy Murphy or a Mur- Murphy. I, he's not Buddy Murphy anymore, but like they're obviously teasing tension with Rollins and Murphy after Rollins um, did not get the pin here. It was Murphy who got pinned. Uh, what do you see happening with that? What do you see happening with Murphy and Rollins? Is it the right time to split up these two? Um, I don't know. I I, I just it's I, I heard you talking about hash like that. I just I don't know if it's not the right time. If it is the right time, I just. I don't know. I think I would say if the AOP was still around, it, 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 you would definitely want to keep the group together. Um, I think they could have done a lot more with them, especially with Murphy as well. Austin Theory's gone now. Not sure if they're just going to completely disband it. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I think it might be the right time, but it's just with the whole climate and everything going on, it's like, okay, you do Rollins and him next. I just don't really trust them doing anything with Murphy. Um, I mean, every, it, all the reports state that he was basically pushed because of Paul Heyman, who's not in power there anymore. So maybe Rollins said he'll take him under his wing. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I, he's one of those guys who think if they turn face, even if he beat Rollins, I just don't see him going anywhere. And just the way the company is and just the way that they look at stars, he could beat Rollins 50 times. I still don't think he'd be pushed to anything important. So they could do it. I just fear for the split eventual. I mean, before Paul Heyman, the guy was on SmackDown, they literally did nothing with him. He had a couple of good matches with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, and they still did nothing with him. I think he beat Daniel Bryan at one point. They just literally just did, they followed it up. Um, they didn't follow it up at all. So, I mean, that that's why I'm fearful of the Murphy turn. I think he can be a great face. But, dude, you look at the Raw roster, they already have, who I said earlier, Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, Mustafa Ali, Humberto Carrillo, who can all do the same things that he can do, and they're not doing shit. Ricochet is one of the best in the world, and he has never meant less than he does right now. That's why I'm kind of fearful, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I just, not that they're all interchangeable, but they're all similar. They're like all kind of similar wrestlers, a kind of similar style, so like, it's kind of, it's tough, especially, like I said, I feel like Dominic could fall right in that same category, like small underneath baby face that can... That's more aerial attack and kind of not bland. Just they just they don't they don't just really stick out as like larger than life, I guess. So it definitely I fear for Murphy because I feel like you said if he did go face, even if he got a lot of wins, I think he'd fall into that Cedric Ricochet Mustafa Ali. Like great wrestlers, just not the most most amazing characters. I think that's kind of where the struggle on that. Like I love Ricochet as a wrestler, but why should I care about the guy? Oh, because he's good in the ring. You can say about anyway. He doesn't really have a character. Same with Cedric and Mustafa and stuff like that. Like they're great wrestlers, just they don't really give you a reason besides them being good wrestlers that care about them. So maybe they could do better character work with them and kind of change it up a little bit. But for Murphy, I could see the same thing happening to him, falling right in that same category. Yeah, I think it might honestly be better come the inevitable draft, which is uh, rumored to be next month, later this month, whatever, that you split up some of these aerial guys over to SmackDown. Um, I I don't know if I would put Mustafa back over there just because he was already over there for a year and a half and they did nothing with him. So it might be better if um, he stays on Raw. 
But I'm talking about maybe Murphy. I think Murphy would be a good fit over there. I know he was over there originally, and again, they did nothing with him, so maybe not. But I think Ricochet should go to SmackDown. There is no guarantee they'll be used any better there than they are on Raw, especially if Bruce is still running both shows. It hardly matters. But I think a change of scenery for some of these guys, maybe a Carrillo and Ricochet could be for the better. Yeah, definitely. I think a scenery change can help anyone. It just... Name of the game, GSM, all about the aftermath. You could change 50 guys' different shows if they don't do anything. You just There's nothing you can do. I, I just think also for a lot of these guys, especially when they do the brand switch and draft and all that shit, they give these guys like one or two weeks. Well, now there's no crowd, so it's a little bit different. But they give them one or two weeks to connect to the crowd. If they don't, up oh, off to the main event. So Yep. Um, I think it's different now with the, with the uh, COVID era, I guess you'd call it. Just there's no fans, so. I think that's kind of how, not that they got away with it, but I think that's why they pushed guys like Apollo Crews a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. With like, like Not that he's going to push huge, but Murphy being on TV more and stuff like that. I just think if the crowd was there, people would still send their hands for Apollo and stuff like that. So I, I think if COVID wasn't a thing, Apollo definitely would not be champion right now. I just He's never really connected with the crowd. I think he's another one, great wrestler, no character. Um, but yeah, I just... A scenery change can always help. It just depending on how you change the scenery and how you follow up on that is just is key. I just, I mean, there's plenty of guys back in the day that like JBL is a perfect example. Was he the greatest wrestler of all time? No, but he went from the APA once he went from Raw right to SmackDown and turned into JBL, and that was some interesting new character that kind of like not that won the fans over, but the guy was a dickhead. Like you wanted to see him lose, so like gave people a reason to care about this guy who before was your normal tag team guy and on his own was just like who gives a shit. Yeah, exactly. They gave you a reason to care about him. And again, the re- as a wrestler, he wasn't really that good at all. But he had a lot of memorable feuds, matches, for better or for worse. And he was a great character. People, for as much as they loathe JBL, will forever remember JBL. They may never remember Humberto Carrillo or a Ricochet, I hate to say it, or a Mustafa Ali, as great as they are. And that's not their fault. A lot of that has to do with WWE not giving fans a reason to care about these people, specifically with Mustafa. I mean, they did several times try to give him new characters. The hacker thing was an idea. He was doing a thing about a year ago where he was like a man of the people and he was like beating up common criminals and stuff like that. Um, and he was like, I don't know. He was doing this cool little gimmick. I'm like, oh, all right, that's cool. And then they completely shut it down with no explanation. I'm like, all right, dude, whatever. Like, wh- why do that? It just, it's just a complete waste. But also on the raw front, before we go any further, um, Randy Orton did become the new number one contender again to the WWE Championship at Clash of Champions, beating Rollins and Keith Lee in the night's main event. That's that's probably the right call, right? I mean, Keith Lee did beat Orton at the at the pay per view, so I would assume if it's not a triple threat, which it always could turn into in the next couple of weeks, um, Orton, I think there's a very good chance wins the championship. But either way, regardless of the result, Keith Lee's probably WWE Championship picture bound, isn't he? He, he would have to be. I mean, he has a clean victory one-on-one with Orin. Um, the other one ended in like a DQ, non-contest. Didn't technically lose the triple threat. He didn't get pinned. Um, I mean, the story tells itself. Orin and Rekta are clearly going to continue the story. I mean, I just, I never doubted that Randy was going to win on Monday. It's just like, he was the one that basically put Drew out of commission for how long or in storyline he's going to be out. So, I mean, it only makes sense for him and Randy to face again. But, yeah, I, I would say if Randy wins the belt, I mean, I guess Keith Lee would be the next one. I just, I mean, I don't see him winning, so I don't know how excited I'd be for that. Um, but no, I think Keith would probably be the most, besides Drew, would be the most noticeable person you'd put in with Randy after his eventual uh, title one. 
Definitely. I think a Drew Keith Lee match could be great if they do it at some point. Um, I know they had a lot of matches on the indies and Evolve, so I think that could be cool. Or Orton and Keith Lee, again, could be very good as well. Maybe they didn't have a full-on match on Sunday because they know they're saving it for the eventual WWE Championship match down the road. Um, but regardless, I'm looking forward to that. Um, on, on a small note here, Mickey James is probably being set up for the Raw Women's Championship picture. I mean, that's safe to assume, right, against Asuka? Uh, yeah, it seems like that's the direction they're going in. Um, don't care about her, Lana, and, and Natalia at all. Um, so, I guess it's definitely something new, I guess. So that's kind of a positive. It's not one of the four horse women. Um, I'm more interested to see what they do with Payne Royce, though. Um, breaking up the Iconics. I liked her as her on her own, which is NXT. They never kind of pushed her correctly. Um, but I just don't really care about Billy Kay, so I'm kind of glad they moved off from them. They, they just... Not that they were annoying, they do. They're basically just like that annoying tag team. But I'm more interested to see what they can do with her on her own. I think she's got a great look. She's good in the ring. Um, I think they could kind of not same style and stuff like that, but I think they could turn her into a more prominent role in the women's division, kind of like they did with Alexa Bliss. I think she could kind of be in that role for Raw and maybe giving her a title run down the line, at least testing the waters like they did with Carmel. I think. I mean, I don't think that really worked, but at least they did. At least they tried. So. I, I would go with that direction down the line, have Payne win the belt, kind of give her a run, see what she can do on her own. But I think she has a lot of uh, potential. That was my next question for you about the Iconics. I'm actually glad they're splitting them up. Now, it does come at the expense of the women's tag team division, but listen, if it spares us from another Riot Squad Iconics match, then I could not care less. Like, I'm, I'm all for it. They've already held the championships. They had a shitty-ass reign. Probably the worst reign of anyone in the history of those championships, which... Doesn't cover for a lot because there's only been five or six different champions um, over the last year and a half. But I I hated that reign. It was a complete waste of time. You know, I feel bad because I did enjoy their work in NXT. I never really felt like they were a threat. But, like, I I can't name you, honestly, I don't know if you could, one memorable match they've had on the main roster. I can't think of a single one. They've been here for two and a half years. Um, so memorable, I would obviously, well, it's not like memorable because it was like classic, but that win at WrestleMania 35, that's like the only match I could think of at the top of my head because they won the belts and it was kind of shocking. Besides that, I couldn't name you like, oh, like a great, like a good icon. Like it wasn't really a good match. I just remember it because they won the belts. But besides that, couldn't tell you shit, GSM. Like I remember a four-way in NXT, a takeover San Antonio. It was them, Asuka, and Nikki Cross for the championship. And it was actually a great match, and it was every woman for themselves. But it was a great match. I think they did Royce and Asuka maybe one-on-one. I definitely remember Peyton having her fair share of singles matches. And I remember thinking, okay, she's got a lot of potential. We've seen her at NXT house shows before as well. And now we're thinking, okay, you know, she's got, she might be a future star. I've always said I don't really give a fuck about them as a tag team. I, I, I honestly wouldn't have broken them up. I would have had Billy Kay be a manager for Peyton, and I don't think that's what they're going to do. Because I think if they say, oh, the tag team is no more, to keep them together as a manager-wrestler combo just probably won't work. I fear for Billy Kay because she's no good on her own, um, and she's been here forever. So if she hasn't improved by now, she's in, like, Dana Brooke territory. Dana Brooke, to her credit, has tried to improve marginally. She's just not that good. Um, but she might be better than than Billy Kay, who just who completely sucks. But Peyton Royce has a lot of untapped potential, and I think now is as good of a time for them to split up. I mean, again, if there's a draft coming up in the next month, move Peyton over to SmackDown, give her the championship at some point. And hey, listen, look no further than uh, Fire and Desire. I mean, they were a good tag team, but again, do you remember a single great match they had with each other as a tag team? No, probably not. 
but they've had a lot of success on their own in the last couple of months as characters, uh, both Sonya and Mandy Rose. And I think the same thing can happen with Peyton and Billy, although Billy may not do as well because she's not as good as Sonya or Mandy or Peyton. But Peyton, I would definitely give a shot to over on SmackDown. Uh, that, that division could desperately use some fresh blood uh, with Bailey and Sasha really having beaten literally everyone at this point. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think Peyton has a lot of untapped potential on her own. And that was yeah. wrong. And that was wrong in a nutshell. Um, sorry, did you have something else or you were just agreeing? No, I was just agreeing. I think I think Peyton... I, I don't know if I'd keep her on, on Raw or SmackDown. I think it, it doesn't really matter. I think just giving a correct push on either brand would be good for her. But Billy Kay, she might be on a main event and then future endeavored very quickly. I mean, look no further than Sarah Logan, dude. They had the Riot Squad for years. Literally within a year of the team breaking up, she did absolutely nothing. She did main event duty against... Uh, Dana Brooke for a solid six months, and then she got released. So I, I hate to say, oh, you should fire this person. I'm not even saying they should fire. I just fear that they might, just because she literally has no use beyond the Iconics. I just, I, I really, I, I hate to say that, but she's just not that good. Um, I think Peyton Royce is a lot more value. And Billy Kay, I mean, she's funny. She's entertaining. I've seen videos with her in them, like on WWE.com and shit. Maybe there's a different role for her. She's not a terrible talker, but like, I don't know, in the ring, she's completely terrible. She's just not good at all. And uh, the iconic promos were just, oh, cringeworthy bad. Like, not like, oh, man, I want to boo them, just like change the channel bad. So I'm glad they're broken up, to be honest with you. Uh, We move on now to NXT real quickly before we get to the all-out predictions. Uh, Before we get to the Iron Man match, which I want to get your two cents on, Mara Ronaldo gone from NXT, kind of a shocking move. Um, amicably was the word I was looking for there, mutually decided that he was going to be moving on. Not because he hated WWE. There was no incident like the whole JVL thing a few years ago. Um, this was just because I believe his mother's sick at the moment. Um, he wants to focus on himself and his own mental health. He He has other projects going on. And I mean, to me, not that it's, I mean, it's definitely surprising, but what was odd to me was that when they first brought him in to NXT three years ago, first of all, I thought he was a perfect fit. I'm a big Mauro guy. I know you're not as big of a fan, but I very much enjoy Mauro. Um, but I think part of the reason why they brought him to NXT over SmackDown was because it was a lighter schedule. Like, he would only be working once a month. They would tape the shows every month, whatever. They've been live now weekly for, for about a year since they moved to USA. He probably wasn't really expecting that or preparing for it. So of all the things that he does right now, the boxing, commentating, and other stuff, I mean, this was probably the short end of the stick, so I can't really say I'm too shocked. But the timing of it was odd just because he has been a part of NXT since the pandemic. It's not like Nigel. I mean, Nigel's not gone. Nigel's actually coming back for NXT UK, which is great. Um, but he was on the show as recording from home, and I guess he's just not home right now because he's with his mom, so... Uh, very unfortunate. I, I've been a big Morrow fan and just, listen, I, I, I think, I know you like him and I like him too. Just Vic Joseph is no Morrow. He's just, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of his commentary this week or a takeover. And the part that stinks too is that Vic, he's a fresh voice. He's good. You know, he's not being overproduced because it's not the main roster. It's NXT. And the guy, maybe it's just because I'm used to Morrow, but yeah, just, eh, I don't know. He screams Tom Phillips 2.0 to me. And although I do like him a lot, I think Morrow was just, he brought a difference of a variety and passion to his work, and that's why I really enjoyed uh, his commentary. But uh, what, what were your thoughts, RJ, on the dismissal and the departure of Mauro Ronaldo from WWE? How uh, heartbroken or relieved are you? No, I just, it, not that I'm heartbroken. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed him. I think... 
definitely new and refreshing. I just, I'm not going to cry at night. I like, like Mara, but I mean, not the biggest loss I would say of all time, but I, I do like Vic Joseph as well. Like you said, it is the issue with him is it just, not that he's monotone. He just, like you said, he's like Tom Phillips light. Like he's a good commentator, but just like, it just screams like, not that he's overly produced, but like he's been molded by the WWE. He's like Michael Cole. Like he feels like a young Michael Cole is kind of what it comes down to being. I think he's good in his role, but he just, like I said, young Michael Cole, Tom Phillips ask, just kind of your bland commentator. Yeah, he's good. I don't know. There's really nothing special about him. I think Nigel, I thought um, Moro brought something different to the table. Eh, I don't know. I'm just I, I like that. I don't. I don't want to shit on the guy because I've I've had him. You know, I, I talked to him before, and not talked to him, but I talked about him before and how he was a breath of fresh air on the Raw commentary team because he was. I don't know. I just he, he feels like another Michael Cole, and that's not a bad thing. But I, they have other people who are better. He's better than Beth Phoenix. I'll tell you that much. But he's also no Moro Ronaldo. Um, so on the NXT front, the only thing that we really have to discuss here before we get to the all-out predictions is the Iron Man 60-minute match from Wednesday for the vacant NXT championship. Listen, it was a very good match. I don't think it's going to go down as an all-time classic by any means. I just, I fucking hated that finish. I think two things really bothered me about this. As good of a match as it was, and I thought it was a very good, if not great match, the commercial breaks were a fucking nightmare. And I don't know if they could have made the second hour commercial free or what, but they did a commercial break with like seven minutes left in the match. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you could have timed this out, maybe get them all out of the way in the beginning. I don't know. It just it just was really annoying. Um, and then the finish was just, uh, I was not a fan. I know I'm not the only one. I know you weren't a fan either. If you're going to do that shit with the double draw between Cole and Balor, just give Balor the fucking title or do a, do a battle royal where the final two men face off the next week to promise a new champion on one of these Super Tuesday shows and then to just not deliver and save it for next week. I know why they did it, but it's such fucking bait-and-switch booking. I just I thought that was really annoying. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the match for what it was. I think the commercials are really fucking annoying, especially depending on how you time it. Obviously, I'm on TV formatting, so I don't know exactly how that all goes, but... It was kind of like, to me, obviously the match was not this, as big as it, as this one was touted to be, but it was like last week's AEW with Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. Like, fucking 75% of the match was a picture-in-picture. Picture. Like, mm-hmm. why would I give it? It's just one of those things. It's just that that's another issue with NXT. Like, I love NXT. I want them to go two hours, but not being on the network. Like, when they were on the network, they would never have TV breaks like that and stuff like that, which is just, like, just fucking annoying. I just... I like the match. I thought the finish fucking hating the finish i did not like that at all like you said click straight click not clickbait but just such a bait and switch and it just i just hate how they did that like oh now we're gonna set up next week so like no no you said 60 minutes to name a new champion don't fucking just like pull our leg now i just kind of let the sour taste in my mouth i enjoyed the match i thought Balor was gonna win he basically was gonna win i think he'll win next week as well but it just it just just to set up next week's show like no thanks yeah, I don't know. I'm just let the sour taste in my mouth. And again, it was a very good match, but they're better than that shit. I, I think they are. I just I don't know. There really isn't a lot to say about it. I thought the match was good though, right? I mean, you enjoyed the match. Yeah, I thought the match itself was good. I enjoyed it. I thought everything was done right. I just besides the commercials and that fraud ass finish, I enjoyed the the match. <laughs> 
Ferrata has finished might be the best way to uh, sum it up. So real quickly, prediction for next week. We You picked Finn. I picked Tommaso. Tommaso ain't in this match. It's Adam Cole and Finn. That's, excuse me, another thing that bothered me about this. I love Adam Cole. We know he's not fucking winning. If you want a truly unpredictable match, you'll put Tommaso Ciampa in there. And I know they might be saving it for TakeOver. Uh, dude, even Johnny would have been better. Johnny thing is more unpredictable than Adam. We know Adam ain't fucking winning. He just held it for over a year. We know he's not winning this thing. So why are they doing this match again? I know, I guess maybe because Adam beat him a year ago. Finn never got his win back. I just, I don't know. Obviously, Finn's winning this, right? Yeah, I would say Finn wins. I mean, he was my initial prediction. I mean, he's making this match. I, I It would make no sense that to have Cole get the belt again. I think our main roster call-ups sooner rather than later, but I would, I would have Finn win there. He literally beat everyone in that division. Um, he beat Tommaso, he beat he beat Johnny, and he beat um, Balor to retain that championship already. So, like, putting the belt back on him just does nothing, but it's, it's a step backwards. I don't think they would do that, but it really should have been Ciampa in that spot, or even Gargano, in my opinion, over Cole, who was the least expected to win out of anyone. Uh, we get to the all-out predictions for Saturday night from AEW. Overall, this looks like a damn good show. Um, I am half jealous just because the show was, I think, supposed to be in Chicago, and I was hoping to be there, but unfortunately not. Um, it's going to be live, I believe, from uh, Jacksonville, which I'm looking forward to. So, at any rate, uh, it's a pretty stacked show on paper. We get to the buy-in real quickly first. Tooth and nail match, Mr. Marceau, between Britt Baker and Big Swole, which I just found out through Twitter is going to be a cinematic match. Now, I don't know what the rules are. I haven't read those yet. Uh, listen, so I'm of, I'm of two minds on this thing. I like I like both women. I like Britt Baker more. I think Britt Baker is great. I'm glad she's back. I think the feud in the last month has completely sucked. It's been abysmal. But I will say that the match should be on the main pay-per-view. This company wants us to take women's wrestling more seriously, but they keep fucking putting these matches on the kickoff show. They did the same thing at um, Full Gear a year ago with, with Britain B. Priestley. I don't know, dude. I just think it's a joke. And again, the cinematic thing, is it even really necessary? Big Swole is good enough. Britt Baker is good enough where they can ha- go out there and have a good match. Tony Khan's lame-ass excuse was, oh, like we're putting them on the buy-in to intrigue viewers to buy the pay-per-view. Shut the fuck up with that dumb logic. Then why not put... Why not put... The Young Bucks versus the Jurassic Express on the on the buy-in. That, to me, would make more sense because the match would be probably better. And I guess the Young Bucks have to be in the main card. No, you fucking don't. The match was just made official literally a day ago on Dynamite. I just, I think, again, the feud hasn't been great, but they deserve the opportunity to be on the show itself. They need to have multiple women's matches on these pay-per-views. And they have enough women now where they could do that. They just don't give a fuck. I just think that's a slap in the face. But what are your two cents, and what's your prediction? No, I, I completely agree with you. I think, especially since it has been building for a couple months, I mean, I'm not the biggest Big Swole fan. I really do enjoy Britt Baker a lot. So, I mean, I hope Britt wins here, and it's glad to see her come back finally. But, uh, yeah, I just like you said, they, they keep shoving it down their throats that they're making, they want women's wrestling to be a big deal. But, I mean... How can you put this match in the buy-in over the Young Bucks match that just was announced, like, fucking last night? So, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense, especially since they've been building it up so much. You'd think they would be on the main show. But, like I said, must not, the Young Bucks contract must have. They have to be on every pay-per-view, even though the match means fucking nothing. So, um, I don't think it needs to be cinematic as well. I think they're both decent enough in their end. They could have just done it in an England match. But, uh who knows? I'll be interested to see what happens, but I just hope Brett goes over. 
Um, I think Big Swole wins. Is Britt your prediction? Yeah, I was going to go with Britt. Yeah, I'll go with Britt now that you just said Big Swole. <laughs> um, I don't think it's just in the Young Bucks contract that they have to win every pay-per-view. I think it's also in their contract that every pay-per-view must have three tag team matches, including some that don't mean anything, whereas the women only can get one match. I think that's what it is. Probably, I mean. Like you said, the, the worst part, it's not even like the match. The match is no... And, it's literally the issue I have with it. It's literally a reason. It's the only reason they're having the match is to get them on the show. There's no other reason to have the match. There's no other stakes to it, just them being on the show. You know, honestly, I think I would have been even more okay with Santana and Ortiz versus Best Friends. Another feud I haven't really cared for, but at least that's a feud. Like the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express is completely... I know it's not random because they had the match last night to determine that they'd be facing off. But, dude, just put that fucking shit on the buy-in. Like, there's no reason for that to be on the main pay-per-view. It's it's a complete waste. As is the Dark Order 8-man tag team match. We'll, we'll tackle these two matches first, including the Dark Order shit. Listen, I have told you before, I have said on the show before, I'm in the minority when I say this, I enjoy the Dark Order. I don't give a fuck about this 8-man tag team match. Brody Lee, Cole Cabana, we still have no idea what the whole relationship is there. It's been weeks. Move the fuck on. Establish, is he part of the group? Is he not part of the group? What the fuck's going on here? And then Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, your favorites. Against the team of the Natural Nightmares. I mean, you lost me there. I don't give a shit about them. Um, Scorpio Sky, who I'm a big fan of, but it's completely random as to why. Why the fuck would he give a shit about facing the Dark Order? He has nothing to do with the Dark Order whatsoever. He faced Cody once and he lost. And Cody was heelish. Why would he give a fuck about standing up for Cody? Who cares? And then Matt Cardona. He's a friend of Cody. I get it. But at the end of the day, dude, it's the Dark Order against Zack Ryder, Goldust, QT Marshall, and Scorpio Sky. I don't give a fuck about this match. Again, no stakes. It makes sense from a storyline standpoint. The video package on Dynamite was all right. This shit should be on the fucking pre-show. If you're not going to... They should have just done Brody versus Sky or Brody versus Cardona. That, to me, would have made more sense for the TNT title. This shit is just stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, what about you, Mr. Marceau? What are your thoughts on this? And I, I, I think the baby... Mm, it honestly doesn't even matter who's going to fucking win, but I'll go the Dark Order. I don't know how you do an angle like they did on, on Dynamite a few weeks ago and not have them win here against four random losers. So I think the Dark Order wins, but uh, what are your thoughts on this being on the main card, RJ? I said to you last night, I'll say it again. All these fucking eight-man tag team fucking fuck-off matches are all the exact same with a fucking mess. Don't really care. I hate that. Honestly, I'll say, I fucking hate the Dark Order. I'm not even that. I don't even like them. I fucking hate them. They're so useless. I just, they do nothing for me. They're glorified, jo- they're all glorified jobbers besides, besides Brody Lee. I hate Uno. I don't like, Stu Grayson's okay. I just don't really like him in the group. Um, but like you said, why should I care? The, na- <laughs> the natural nightmares are terrible. They're on fucking dark. At- <laughs> you know, I care about them. Cardona, we haven't really seen him on. T- I don't think we've seen him on TV besides that. Him doing the save last week, and then him and Cody versus uh, Silver, another guy. I don't think he's been on TV since. So, I mean, why the fuck would I care about him? And then just Sky. I like Scorpio Sky, but like, why wouldn't he be with SCU? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, it's a, such a random match. It doesn't belong on a show. Yeah, I just, I don't give a shit about this match. Um, I really don't. It doesn't belong on the show. This feels like a glorified dynamite main event at best. At best. I don't care. Who gives a fuck? I forgot to mention this earlier, but real quickly, now that we're talking about AEW, 
is uh, Bork Laser AEW bound now that his WWE contract uh, WWE contract has expired. Who? Brock Lesnar. He'd be going by a different. I mean, I guess he wouldn't be. I was I was joking that they would give him a different name, but that's his real name, so he doesn't uh, have to go by a different name. But is that that that's like the meme name for him? Anyway, do you think Brock Lesnar is AEW bound? Obviously not, right? No. LOL. No shot. <laughs> You're a fucking mark if you think he's going there. I know. People are fucking stupid. Hey, listen, I said the same thing about Roman going heel, so who the fuck knows? But I just think that's a there's not a snowball's chance in hell of Brock Lesnar going to AEW. Um, we get to the other tag team match in the show. It's tag team match galore. Um, Jurassic Express. I mean, again, I, I hate to sound negative, but I'm just I, I'm not a fan of a few of the matches on the show. I think the top matches I'm looking forward to. This undercard is a fucking mess. Um, Jurassic Express versus Young Bucks. Clearly, the Young Bucks are going over. I could see Jurassic Express winning just if they don't want to give away Bucks and FTR. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the winner of this match might get a title shot. Um, I think it's, this is a number one contenders match. It doesn't say it on Wikipedia, but I'm pretty sure it's a number one contenders match. I, I assume FTR wins later, and we'll get to that when we get to it. I guess you could have Jurassic Express win. They never really seem to win whenever it matters most. Uh, I'm still going to side of the Young Bucks, though. I think they might... um. Wait to give them their title shot until the next pay-per-view. So that's what I'll say, especially after they lost in the gauntlet. So I'm going to say uh, Jurassic Express win here. And again, I reiterate, this really should be on the the pre-show buy-in. So you're saying Jurassic Express win or Young Bucks? You said both of them. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I meant to say the Young Bucks win. That's my prediction. Uh, I just don't really care about either. I I like Jurassic Express, but they're glorified fucking losers. I like Jungle Boy, but... I don't know. I'm just not a big Luchasaurus fan. Don't really like the Young Bucks. I mean, they're all angry and mad now. Last night, they're all angry. You know, going to be all big tough guys now. So, I just, I just could care less about them. I just, I, I, I'm assuming they win here, and then like you said, they do with them and FTR down the road. But, I mean, I'm assuming they'll do them in something with Hangman as well. So, uh, we'll see. But I just don't really care. This match belongs on the pre-show. There's no build. Just a random match just to get them on the show. So. Yeah, I just, I don't know. This should be on the buy-in, but I got Young Bucks winning, though. Again, I'm just getting the matches. I don't really give a fuck about it out of the way early before we get to the uh, meat and potatoes of the show, as you would say. The 21-man Casino Battle Royale to determine the next number one contender for the AEW World Championship. Um, so it says here, based off who was in the brawl last night on Dynamite, we got Best Friends, Santana Ortiz, Jake Hager, Billy and Austin Gunn. Come on, man. Why are you fucking wasting a spot on these? What is this fucking dark dude? Anyway, Sean Spears, Eddie Kingston, The Blade, The Butcher, um, The Lucha Bros, Ricky Starks, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, and Darby Allen. Is the yeah, listen? I fucking hate. I we we went we went on a rant about this before we went live here, but. I hate the brawls and shit. It's the same shit that WWE does before the Rumble. I hate it when they do it. I hated it when they did it on Wednesday. I hate the multi-man, get everyone on the show mentality. I think it's dumb. They want to get everyone a paycheck, which is why they give a fucking 12 jobbers a chance on Dark every week. That's the only reason why they do it. And it makes the show completely unbearable. It just With this show, not everyone has to be on the show. You got to fucking earn it. Fucking... Billy and Austin Gunn, bro, really? I mean, you could I, you could not spell it out 
you could not spell it out more that they don't give a fuck about their women's division. When they, they definitely have 21 women under contract. They never use half of them. But they definitely have 21 women under contract. Put them in a casino battle royale like they did last year. I thought that was cool. And they brought in some new, they brought in some uh, new faces. Just with the guys, like, dude, half of these, three quarters of these guys are fucking tag team dudes. I mean, dude, come on. Darby Allen and Ricky should be one-on-one. Brian Cage and, and Lance Archer. I think those two matches would have been perfect on this pay-per-view. The Lucha Bros have zero momentum. The Butcher and Blade are fucking losers. Eddie Kingston I like. Sean Spears, I just couldn't, I just, he bores me to tears at this current point. I could see him maybe winning. Who gives a fuck? Um, that Dustin Rhodes match really just ruined it for me. A, a double or nothing when he showed his ass or whatever. That was fucking dumb. Um, Billy and Austin Gunn, give me a break. Jake Hager's a loser. Santana and Ortiz and the best friends cancel each other out. And then we have one spot left over. I couldn't even venture a guess as to who this, who's going to win this thing because it doesn't even matter because you're going to get a title shot and then lose on Dynamite the next week. Who cares? Who cares? Anyway, I think um, if I had to take a guess... Jesus Christ. Um, I'll say Lance, because I think Moxley is going to win later on. Um, just because Darby already had a shot and he lost. Brian Cage already got a shot and he lost. Maybe Ricky Starks. Um, I could see that, but I think Ricky and Darby kind of cancel each other out. So I'm going to say Lance. Sean, I just, who who cares? Um, I'll go with Lance Archer. But, uh, I'm exhausted over here, dude. What are your thoughts on this? No, I just like you said. If this was on, it's just I just don't get it. Like you said, the worst part is the majority of these guys are their tag teams, or just no one cares about. So why? Like, what did they do to get into a match that they could go for the championship? What, go, went on dark a few times. Like, come on! I just I hate when they do this stuff. It's the same thing. Imagine if if the Andre the Giant memorials for the WWE Championship, and you had guys that are on superstars and main event every week fighting for it. like why, why why would I care I, I just wouldn't like they did nothing to earn the shot they're just putting them just to get them on the show and just there's other stories they can tell like I like Brian Cage Ricky Starks has grown on me a little bit I like Archer but they've done legit nothing with the guy to make me care about him guys on dark are we being losers like gives a flying fuck Hager he's I think he's been a flop and a half in AEW he's been done nothing of note the whole inner circles has been a joke since since the stadium stampede i'm surprised they even they, they even acknowledge the group so <laughs> at this point they never come out together they have no real i just i'm gonna go with archer as well sean spears not i just they always said they thought the grass would be greener but i think he's doing worse stuff in the AEW than he ever was doing wwe i mean showing his ass and dick off who cares um, I don't care what's in the glove either. I'm sorry. I just don't care at all. Um, beating jobbers, you have to use a fucking gimmick glove to beat them. Come on. It's fucking embarrassing. So <laughs> I'm going for Lance. I don't think he'll win the belt, but I think he makes the most sense out of anyone in the match. Maybe Darby, but I don't think so. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't care. This is a bathroom break. Put this shit on the kickoff show on the, on the buy-in or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I just think it's a complete waste, dude. Just, ah, who cares? Who cares? It should be Darby and Cage or Darby and Starks. That's all I'm going to say. Now we get to the good stuff. And again, I, I sound like I hate AEW, but I feel like a lot of this car... <laughs> I forgot about another match. Oh, Jesus Christ. I probably shouldn't say that before I poop on this. The Broken Rules match. Listen, I love both these guys. I've enjoyed the feud. Last Man Standing 
okay. Um, I'm kind of last man standing out right now after the whole Orton and Edge thing kind of soured me on it, but whatever. That's a WWE problem. I thought that was boring as shit. The issue with this match, I'm glad they're in, they're having a match of their own. They're not in the fucking <laughs> random-ass casino battle royale. My issue with the match, as we joked about at the start of the show, is that if Hardy loses, he leaves. Come on. Where, where did that come from? Where did that come from? The guy's been here for a cup of coffee. The steam is still brewing from the Dunkin' Donuts cup of Matt Hardy's AEW career. Why would he lose? That makes zero sense. I figured he would win anyway, but that just further spells it out. I mean, come on, man. I'm looking forward to the match. I I just think the stipulation is incredibly dumb. They got so many stipulations. I guess they don't have a lot on this show. They have the Broken Rules, the Tooth and Nail, Casino Battle Royale. It's like, they got the Mimosa Mayhem, too. Oh, my God. What is this Extreme Rules? Jesus Christ. But I think Matt Hardy wins. I just think the stipulation, not the last man standing thing. I don't really mind that. I just think the, I think the first, I, honestly, I think a first blood stipulation would be better considering the story, but I, I don't know when the last time we saw a match like that was. Anyway, um, I think the, I think the stipulation of Hardy losing is just incredibly dumb because you know he's not going to lose. That just, if you couldn't spell it out anymore that he was, that he was winning, they just did there. Yeah, I mean, I said this a while ago. I mean, go in the archives, I could give two shits about this feud. I just don't care. I will say, if they were just doing these, like, they had, like, when Sammy beat the shit out of Matt, if they just did Matt doing the same thing to him, okay, then I could have justified them doing Last Man Standing. They've already had two matches already. I just I just don't care at this point. I just, I, I like Sammy, but I think he's been floundering a lot. I don't think this is really going to do a lot for him because I think he's going to lose because Matt Hardy's putting his, his three-month AEW career on the line. Like, it's really been good at all, so... Not like it really matters, but uh, just I hate when they did this earlier with Dustin when he beat Kip Sabian a few months ago or last year or whenever the fuck they did it. If I lose, I'm gonna give up my career. It's like, dude, you've been in the company for two months. Like, it's like Cornette says, you can't have a messy divorce if it's only been married for two months. I mean, you just can't like they have like you said this astounding career, and if he loses, he could possibly leave. It's like that when no one would care if he left. He's only been there for two months, and it wouldn't make sense for him to leave already. So. I just think that if they just did more brawl, instead of having matches and just focus on the brawling, I think I would be more into this match. But, I mean, they've already had two matches. I just don't care. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's hard to care when, I mean, again, it's been a good feud. I just think the, the stipulation of him losing is really silly. But I have Hardy winning. I think Sammy should go over, which I don't think is going to happen. So I think it's also really dumb in that aspect. Why didn't they just have Hardy win the tables match and then have Sammy win here when it matters most? Because they gotta put Matt Hardy's career on the line. Like anyone fucking cares. Even if Sammy wins, I'm like, okay. Hey, you <laughs> I know? Just don't yeah, I just, yeah, just don't care. Yeah, it's hard to care. Uh, now, again, I again, I hate to say, like, I sound like I hate the company or something, but I just don't think the half of this card is overly exciting, or it just makes a lot of sense. I just, I don't know. But at least the main matches are worth looking forward to. Um, we'll start with the women's championship match, the AEW women's title. Hakura Shida, Thunder Rosa, probably the match I'm most excited for on Saturday. Thunder Rosa is very good. We saw her on Wednesday against Serena Deeb, former WWE superstar. Um, great match. Um, I've always known how good Thunder Rosa is. I mean, not always. I mean, she was in Lucha as Cobra Moon. We didn't give two fucks about her, but, um, I know you haven't really been keeping up with the NWA, but she's really, really good. And I'm a big fan of hers and she's one of the best women's wrestlers out there not in a major company right now. I mean, she's an NWA, but it's not WWE or AEW. 
So hopefully she gets a contract out of this that they can somehow work it out and she can show up more frequently. But she just won the belt in July, or uh, sorry, May. Um, she hasn't, she's had one successful title defense, so she's got to win here, I think. But I'm looking forward to the match. I think these two women are going to go out there and steal the show. But I think Sheeta wins here, though. Yeah, I don't know much of, uh, I don't know much of Thunder Rosa. I've heard a lot of good things about her. I did not see the match last night. Went to bed early and just never caught back up. Uh, the show didn't really win me over, so I didn't really have any incentive to go back and watch what I missed. But uh, I, I really like Sheeta. I just, I just don't think they've really done a lot with her since she's been champion. I think they built her up well to win the belt, but since winning the belt, she really hasn't defended it or really been on TV. So um, I think this will be a good match. I really like Sheeta a lot. I've heard good things about Thunder Rosa, so I guess I'll just fly with that. But, uh, I mean, Sheeta has to win here. She has to, of course. I mean, I know Thunder Rosa's already a champion. She doesn't have to win here, nor should she. She's not even signed yet. doesn't mean that she can't win, but... I think Deanna Peraza is the Impact Knockouts champion. She's not signed either, so I guess it wouldn't be much of a surprise. But she just won the title. She's just getting started. Um, I think she's got a win here. Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if Rosa won, but I think Sheeta's got more to her reign than what we've seen so far. Um, we get to your favorite match of the night, Chris Jericho, Orange Cassidy, Mimosa Mayhem match. Now, again, this is the one match I, I don't hate that you would expect me to. I know you could not stand this shit. Um, I've liked the feud... I thought the rematch a couple of weeks ago was not good at all. Um, Cassidy should be like a made star after beating Jericho. And the guy is very popular, but he doesn't feel like any more of a big deal after beating Jericho than he did before. That's the problem. I think Jericho wins, as he should. The whole Mimosa thing. Um, So the match can be won by pinfall submission or throwing the opponent into a tank of Mimosa. So that's the stipulation for the match. I think Jericho wins. They're not going to just do the Mimosa thing for no reason. So uh, they'll probably throw Cassidy in there, and then Jericho wins. Jericho loses. The guy's a joke. So I think Jericho wins here, and then we can move on from this feud. Oh, my turn? Yeah, I just just don't care. I mean, I just don't care about this feud. I understand people think like Orange Cassidy's popular and stuff like that, but he's just never going to get over, and he's never going to be a big-name star unless he changes his fucking gimmick because he's a comedy character. He's Santino Morello 2.0, a little bit more interesting. I just... I don't know why Jericho thought him putting him over is going to make him this big star because it's not. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. And this match just don't does nothing for me. Oh, like, Jericho's going to win and throw him in a tub of mimosa. Like, who cares? I don't care. That's my issue. It's like, people are like, oh, it could be a good match. Like, it could it be? I mean, I think the first match they had was okay at best. The last match they had was terrible. And I just, oh, it's going to be a good match, and then he's going to throw him in a tub of mimosa and win. Or Jericho, like, the thing I fear is Jericho will win and then they'll have fucking Cassie still throw him in the mimosa after the fact and continue the feud. Like, I give a shit. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, I, I like Jericho's first reign, like, when he, first Jericho, like, heel serious Jericho, this goofy comedy Jericho doing this stupid shit. I just don't care about it. Like, it just, he was such a big star for them. I thought he was doing very well in AEW as a good heel, a serious figure. And this whole bullshit in the inner circle, I thought, like, helped them a little bit. Now that's basically not really a thing. They haven't really been together at all lately. I just don't care at all. I just, I just, I just don't know. And the worst part is I don't even know if Jer- once Jericho wins, what do you do with him next? Like, what baby face do you put him with next? It's not, not like, it's not like, that's why I fear for it. Like, you're going to continue because there's nothing else for him to do. Like, he beats Orange Cassidy. Okay, Cody's gone, so you're not going to do anything to him. 
like, what's he going to face, Matt Cardona? Like, who gives a shit? So, it's just one of those things I just don't care, and I don't know what the fuck you do next with either guy. Yeah, I mean, that was the initial question when I asked you what happens when Jericho beat him a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago. And I still ask that question. I think Jericho, I don't know, he's already faced a lot of the top talent. He's already faced Moxley, Cody, Hangman, Page. Uh, or Hangman, Page, I'm sorry, Omega was the other person I was thinking of. I just don't know what else you do with him. Does he face Matt Hardy? Does he face Darby Allen again, who he's already beaten? I, I just don't know. Uh, I do think he wins here, though. We move on to the tag team title match. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus FTR. Um, FTR's got to win here. I'm looking forward to this match, too. It should be great. Omega and Page have had a great run. A better run than anyone AEW so far. Of all the title reigns that we've seen of tag titles, uh, women's titles, main title, TNT, whatever, FDW. Uh, Omega and Page, if you want to count that. Omega and Page have had the best of them all. Um, and this has been uh, a great run. They're going to kill it here. But FDR have got to go over and we can further cement the split between Kenny Omega and Adam Page. What say you, Mr. Marceau? Yeah, I think FTR wins here. I think it'll be a good match. I I think it's going to be a good match, but I feel like they're just going to, like, not fuck the finish, but the finish is not going to be, like, it's going to be more, like, screwy, like, a page or Omega turning on each other. I don't think it's going to be, like, a clean split from, like, a clean, just a loss, and then they move on their separate ways. I just also don't really love the story they're telling now. I, like, I don't know. I just, I, I think the match itself would be good. I just, I don't know. I, I'm not, I texted you last week. I'm not feeling like the whole drunken cowboy thing at this point. Just like, I think they're going too far with it. Just like, we get it. He drinks a lot. And like, but like, Omega's promo last night really didn't do much for me. Like, oh, Adam Page getting kicked out of the elite is going to be the worst thing that ever happened in his life. Like, like, why? And then FTR, like, oh, we didn't tell you to fuck over the Young Bucks like you did. And like, I don't know, like they tease tension. They tease like a friendship with him. Now they're like teasing tension with him. Now they're trying to get in his head. Like, I just don't like, I just don't really like the way it's going. I just, I don't know. I, I like Hangman a lot. I just don't really like what they've done with him recently. Yeah, I've liked this story. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with it and what they do and whatever. I've actually liked the storytelling. I will say the acting is not great at all. Uh, Matt Jackson basically being on the verge of tears last week when he was like, oh, you're kicked out of the elite and whatever was terrible. I mean, that was just, that was atrocious. Um, but the storytelling itself has been great, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with this next. I've I've said before, what did you say, Mr. Marceau? I'll let you finish, and I'll jump in. Well, I was just going to say, I think where they're going with this is they lose here, Omega and Paige. Omega goes heel, wins the title from, I mean, this is not a bold prediction. I've seen many other people say this, but I completely agree. I think Omega goes heel, wins the belt, and then Paige wins it from him down the road. I think that's where they're going with this, although I know you're not as fine of that direction. No, I mean, I wouldn't have Omega go heel. I'd have Paige go heel and have him align with FTR. I think, I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, I think Omega staying face, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, the way that you put it sounds like something more likely they do. But I, I would rather Heyman go heel. I'd have him do kind of, not like the same thing, but I'd have him do kind of what, what uh, Roddy did at... Like he turned on, he'd turn on Omega, the revival win, and then Hangman then is aligned with them as well. So basically, like screwing his own champion, home partner to lose a championship, but then like he's like the main head of their little group. That's what I would do. And then, like you said, maybe have him and Omega win, or him and Omega face each other. Omega wins, goes off against Moxley. Then down the line, you revisit, and Hangman wins the belt off him. But 
I would have Hangman go heel and then align with FTR is what I would do. I think that's what they're teasing, but I feel like that's not where they're going to go with it. I know what you, I know you're saying that's what you want to say. Um, I don't know. I just it's it's weird. It's it's definitely a weird thing. Is that I, I wouldn't mind that at all because they have great chemistry together. I just don't see them doing it. Uh, I I would like to see that. I would like to see them go their own separate ways and see Omega go heel. Someone's got to go heel. I just think Omega needs it more because I think Paige, I think Paige can do well on his own as a face, and we've seen that before. Omega is just boring as shit. I mean, we've talked about him before. He's just not bringing it. Um, I don't know if a heel turn would solve that. I think it would help because I feel like he's more natural as a, as a heel than he is as a baby face. We haven't really seen heel Omega in in years. It's been at least two or three years. So, I would like to see that happen. But either way, you got FTR walking out the new tag team champions. Yeah, I think FTR, I mean, I think that's a slam dunk. Anything else after the fact with Paige and, Paige and Omega is kind of more suspect. But no, I think Omega, uh, FTR win here. Yeah, I mean, they, they've beaten literally like every team in that division uh, with the exception. I think of Santana and Ortiz, but we know they're not winning the belts because they, they can never win whenever it matters most. We get to the main event, John Moxley, MGF for the AEW World Championship. Moxley is banned from using the Paradigm Shift as his finishing move. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the match. The build has been great. I liked the final angle last night. The promo last week was great. The contract signing. Uh, both guys are undefeated one-on-one, so someone's got to lose here. There's I just, there's no way they do a fuck finish or a DQ. That's not what AEW does. I don't think they will. But I'm looking forward to the match. And I think Moxley wins. I don't think it's MJF's time yet. I would, I would love to see him win. Uh, I, I just, I don't see it happening. So, um, yeah, I got John Moxley retaining the championship here. What's your prediction, RJ? Uh, I want MJF to win so bad. <laughs> funny, but I, I, I mean, I gotta go with Moxley. Unfortunately, I just, I don't know. I just want Mox. I just think it's MJF's time. I think it's the right time to do it. I just, and I just also like if he loses, what do you do with him from there? It's just. We've said that a lot. We've said that a lot today. If they lose, what's next? I just, okay, he loses. Where do you go with him there? What's he going to fucking just do, have an underneath program with fucking Matt Cardona or some other underneath baby face I could give two shits about? I just, I don't know. I think I just, I just, I don't know. I just think MGF's the right guy. I just, I haven't really even been digging the whole campaign shit. I just don't really like that. I think he doesn't need it. So I, I've been against that. I've said that plenty of times, but. I don't. I think if he won here, it just make him a like. I think he is a star in the making. I think this could make him into a star, make him a big deal, make him their one, their first big homegrown guy that hasn't really done anything on a mainstream level. Like make cement him beating Mox, but I fear that he won't. I just don't think he'll win. I think, like you said, there's a better chance of Moxie winning here, beating Archer or whoever wins that battle royal, than doing him and Hangman down the line. But I just, I think. MGS ready, and I think if he doesn't win here, it could just. Uh, it sounds terrible. I think it could ruin him for the next couple months, even year, if he doesn't win here. Just because I just don't know what you do with him. It's not like he loses here, you have him beat someone that's somewhat of a big name, then push him back up the card. Because I just don't. I think this is the opportunity. Like you said, if he loses here, then Moxley loses the Omega. I mean, Paige beating him would be the right idea from there. Then what? Then then what? Where does he? He doesn't fall into any of those plans. Mm-hmm. The issue, he's not going to face that TNT championship because Brodie's a heel. I don't want him to go face. I just, I just don't know. I just, I think he should win here, and then you have Hangman take the belt off MJF down the line. But 
I just, I just, if Heyman's going to stay face, I just don't, I don't know. I just, I just fear if he loses where he goes. Yeah, no, that's, that's a legit concern. I don't think it's going to ruin him. I wouldn't go that far, but I am concerned where he falls after this show. Cause he was already directionless before the show as well. We've made that quite clear in previous months. Um, I know they were keeping him warm for this feud, but I, I don't know. They, they they clearly just don't have a set direction for the guy. I mean, he beat Cody. He's had all these wins and just, I don't know. I, I think he should, I, you know, I wouldn't, I, I think Moxley wins. I think Moxley probably should win. I've said before, I said just a minute ago, I think MJF, it's too soon. My concern is what you said as to where they go with him from here. I think that's their problem. I don't think that's an MJF issue. I think that's something AEW probably should have thought about before they put him in this spot. Um, they need more top upper echelon faces, whether it be an Omega or a Page or someone that he can feed with like that, because he's already beaten Cody. No reason to go back to that. What, is he going to face fucking Orange Cassidy, dude? Like, he needs a little more than that, I think. So, do, do, um, you th- do you think that... I, just, I mean, I don't want to see this either, but I, I feel like I also feel like maybe they split him and Mordlow up and that they do that next, which I don't want to see. I just... That's like, probably like, what they will do, to be honest with you. Yeah, because I'm trying to think what else you do. Maybe because he can't use the paradigm shift. They try to Warlord tries to get involved, or I mean, there's going to be some shenanigans as always is. But like, he can't win with the paradigm shift. So he's trying to think of other things to do. Warlord tries to get involved, screws MJF, and then Ambrose wins or Moxie wins, and then they just do him and Warlord. But I just that's not that's literally the last thing I want to see. So I just uh, I just. It's one of those things I like. War, I like MGF. I like the act as with with Warlow. I just there's just if he doesn't win, there's nothing for him to do, and the things that they could do are just don't either either don't interest me or I just don't want to see it happen. Yeah, that would that's that's what, probably want to see happen right now. Yeah, that, that's probably the most likely outcome is MGF losing then going on a feud with Ward though. I fucking hate that idea though. I really do. Um, just because I think it's a mistake. I think it's too soon. Why break them up? I know he already went for the world championship and probably lost, but I don't know. I could see a scenario where Wardlow accidentally strikes MJF and then like Moxley rolls him up or some shit. They 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 can't do that, can they? I mean, that would be such a dumb a dumb finish to a main pay per view for a world championship match. And Moxley's got to go on last. I mean, after he didn't main event double or nothing, which he shouldn't have. Um, he's got to go on last year, and I think they will, but. I think Moxley wins. What they do with MJF is the question. I just don't think they should break him up. That's probably what they will do. I mean, Moxley, the whole thing with the paradigm shift being banned, I just... He literally beat Brody Lee with a fucking, like, what was that, a chokehold or something? A double or nothing? Yeah, he choked him out like a sleeper. I mean, he has other finishers, so it's not like... Yeah, he uses the move a lot, but he beat him with something else. So I just... Cool, bro, but I, I still think Mox is going to win. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, they're not making, it's not like, oh, Randy Orton's RKO is banned. Then I would be interested. Like, oh, okay, I guess he has the punt kick. But, like, if you take someone like that who doesn't have multiple finishers, Moxley literally on the last fucking paper, you beat someone with a different hold that wasn't the paradigm shift. So, anyway, um, I think Moxley wins. You got MGF or you just want to see him win? No, I want to go with Moxley, but I want MJF to win badly. That Marco moment for Mr. Marceau is going to be huge. I would hear you all the way from Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, I'd be jumping out my window right there. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's AEW All Out in a nutshell. Looking forward to the show on Saturday. I know I, I had some criticisms about the undercard, but that's no different than any WWE pay-per-view. 
Um, I'm looking forward to it overall. I'm sure it's going to be fun. AEW is yet to disappoint on pay-per-view, and I'm sure this will be no exception. Uh, People can find out or check out new episodes of the show literally every single Thursday right here on WrestleRantRadio.com, WrestleRant.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Play. We're all over the place, so rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show for new episodes, as I said, every single Thursday. You can find me on the Twitter machine at WrestleRant. Find Mr. Marceau at RJ underscore Marceau. And that's about it. We're going to be breaking down all the events coming out of All Out next week here on the show, as well as all the events coming out of Raw, NXT, and any other news from the world of wrestling. Mr. Marceau, this has been great as always. Any closing thoughts before we ride off into the sunset here? Uh, no, no, nothing in particular. I mean, Saturday night should be a good time. Um, just, I don't know. I think it's going to be a good show. I hope. I mean, we did dump on it a lot. I think the- <laughs> <laughs> undercard is very suspect so i don't i don't blame us i do i think the three matches that we discussed at the top i think they should all be good i just i just i don't know i fear a lot i just and not that they bat themselves in any holes or anything i just fear for that there isn't there's just there isn't just out of the main picture there just isn't a lot going on like that's like like no, Chris Jericho should not be facing Orange Cassidy. Like that's just like that's a depth issue. I feel like that's like a depth issue. Like he'd already beaten all the baby faces, so they just kind of like he was like the only one that was available, and that's what they just ran with. Like that's what I fear with MJF and like Hangman and all them. Like kind of what direction they're gonna go in next? I just I fear for that. I think it's gonna be a good show though. Um, probably gonna get ninety nine before I'm fucking get a nice cake out for and just crank ninety nine before, but. <laughs> Besides that, I mean, I think it should be a good night. Yeah, most definitely. Looking forward to it for more reasons than one. But, uh, yeah, no, it's funny. We shit all over the show, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We just spent like a half an hour <laughs> shitting on the entire undercard. <laughs> but that's what you can uh, come to expect here from WrestleRant Radio. Looking forward to next week, Mr. Marceau. Thank you, as always, and I'll catch your ass down the road, brother. See you later, man. Adios, dude. Bye. Bye.